Thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you'll notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, it's a great way to keep in touch with us. Today, we have a guest speaker, Shannon O'Dell from Arkansas. He's talking to us about the God of what's left. Do you ever feel like you've just messed up big time or that God can't use you because of what you've done? You feel like you've lost hope, but what do you have left? When in doubt, you're to seek the word of God and he'll use what's left to produce exactly what you need. It's such an honor and your team and your staff, it's just, it's just wonderful. It's so fun at a distance to just learn from the wisdom of Pastor Dwayne and uh, just what all God has taught Cindy and I is just, it's just absolutely amazing. And we're uh, so grateful for this relationship. We're grateful you came even though you were going to have to listen to a guy with a girl's name at 260 pounds. And uh, I'm so glad you came anyway. And I don't know how I'm wider in that screen in this service than I was last service. But if there's some way, Tom, you could narrow down this horizontal striped shirt. Why I wore horizontal stripes, I have no idea. Should have went with vertical. It could have helped a little bit. But uh, wow, I am super wide in this shirt. It's okay to know. You know, it's good to be honest with yourself. And uh, start with the invitation early in the, in the uh, message is important. So, uh, yes, it's not, it's not getting any more narrow as you keep looking at me. I know it isn't. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just so glad that you're here. And welcome all of you that are on uh, iCampus, watching online, Facebook, by television. It's such a privilege. And if you got a copy of God's Word, it means you're going to heaven when you die. So turn to the book of Daniel chapter 4. And some of you are already mad at me, but I, I was just saying that. Use your mold device through some. We're a church. I mean, open up the Bible. It's good stuff. If you believe the Bible's good, say amen. amen. And uh, you, can, you can just open it up. And I know what you do. You use the Megatron Bible, and that's good too. That's fantastic. And I'm glad I actually got the right notes for this service. So we, I'm glad you're in, in, uh, in this uh, time together. And I just want to, you already know this is true. You already know this is true. But I just, I just want to share some promises from God's word that um, are, are so encouraging. Just, and just, um, it, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's what the scripture says. Scripture says this. It says, you're blessed going in the city and you're blessed going in the country or in the field. If you believe that, say amen. Cindy and I have a ministry in the country. That's where we're at. That's why when we come here, I always go to your H&M. And I am so grateful for it. I have no idea what H&M stands for, but I shop there. And don't tell me what it is, because if it means something I don't like, I'll be better off just going in ignorance, yes? And uh, I love it. And so in the country, you're blessed. It's where we minister. We, uh, our main campus in a town of 407 people. I've been married for 23 years. I have four kids. I know that sounds like a lot, but Cindy and I are unwilling to stop what causes kids. So we uh, continue <laughs> therein. And, uh, oh, someone's amen, and I finally got him to open his Bible. Yeah, Song of Solomon, turn it open. I don't know why you're laughing. I used to read Song of Solomon when I was in the church, too, and laugh during the message. But uh, it's Bible, so get excited about worship. Amen? Yeah, that was where a husband should have said amen. You know romance is important, right, man? Because man is in the middle of the word romance. So you're in charge. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. How many of you believe you're blessed going in and you're blessed going out? If you believe it, say Amen. I don't know about you, but I just feel like getting a little bit rowdy. Y'all okay with that? And uh, I encourage you to do so. I mean, we're here celebrating a risen king, so let's enjoy ourselves. 
Uh, you'll also, the scripture says, you'll be the head, not the tail. We believe that. It says you'll be on the top of the list and never on the bottom of the list. We believe God's word to be true. His promises are true. Amen? Then let me ask you this question. How come we so quickly stop in our faith, so quickly shut down our effective uh, communication of the gospel, stop getting duct tape and taping off rows for all of our friends that are going to show up at church with us on Sunday, stop believing that God can save our marriage, stop believing that God can change our, uh, our areas of cubicles at our workplace, our ball team, our school? What happened? When you were so passionate, so ready, we're ready to tell everybody. Well, we had a little hurdle in this relationship, in our marriage, and we, we faced a miscarriage and a bankruptcy, and we went through this. I, I know what many of us do, because I'm guilty of this as well, is that we get excited, we're on fire, we're ready to serve Jesus, and then doubt sets in. Or maybe for you it's discouragement. Or for maybe for you, it's just an issue that you're battling in depression. Here's what I want you to know. God's word is still true. God still wants to use you. And this passage of scripture I came across just a few months ago has just, I mean, it's just turned my perspective upside down. And in the book of Daniel chapter 4, I believe it's going to revolutionize where you're at as well. I just know this for me personally. There are too many that attend brand new church. There are too many that attend Res Life. There are too many in the body of Christ who claim to know Christ but are operating in a recreational mentality in their Christian faith and, and really in their Christianity and remove faith and living and sowing more seeds of doubt and discouragement than belief in God's promises. And it's not because you're a bad person, it's just we just sometimes need a shift in our understanding. This passage of Scripture gives us that in Daniel 4, in verse number 14, and here's what the Scripture says. I love this passage. It says, cut down the tree, lop off its branches, shake off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade, birds from its branches, and I love these four words right here. Look at this. It says this but leave the stump. Cut the tree down, get rid of all the branches, but leave the stump. And the roots in the ground bound, look at this, with a band of iron and bronze surrounded by some landscape or some tender grass. Now let him be drenched, the stump, with the dew of heaven and let him live. Church, here's what I believe God is telling us today. Here's what God's telling us today, and that is this. God is not only the God of what you lost, God is the God of what you have left. I don't know about the miscarriage. I don't know about the divorce. I don't know about the bankruptcy. I don't know about the loss of faith. I don't know what happened with a rebellious child. I don't know what took place when you started doubting God. But I want to tell you this. God is not just the God of what you lost in the past testimony. God is the God of what is left right now. And if you believe it, put your hands together and let's celebrate the God of what's left. Why are we always telling the stories of old testimonies 24 years ago? Oh, when I was this. Oh, when I was young. How come we stop getting passionate and excited? It's because you focus more on what you lost than what God has left in you. 
take the stump, bind it up, put some iron and bronze, get some landscape around it, say it may only be a stump, but God's getting ready to pour his anointing on it, his dew on it. My marriage is getting ready to change. My kids are getting ready to change. My finances are getting ready to change. My health is getting ready to change. And somebody needs to join this lady on the front and get rowdy in Jesus' name. Come on. You were clapping for the Tar Heels. You don't even know what a Tar Heel is. Put your hands together and celebrate the God of who's left and what's left and how it's left in your life. I know I'm sweating up here, but I'm 260 pounds. Join me. Let's get serious about the Word of God. Let's quit playing games. Quit telling stories about the two-decade-ago mission trip. Start a mission trip in your house by praying with your wife and praying with your kids today. You're like, I don't have much this, or I don't feel that. You got a stump? Then that's all you need. <laughs> Quit putting the stump grinder on it and put a, a bind it up in bronze and some beautiful landscape. You're like, oh, I can't honor something that's just a stump. Yes, you can, because God says that step of faith pours out anointing. Heaven's due on your life, on your marriage, on your kids. Amen. Just believe it. Just believe it. Listen, I'm telling you, if you are speaking the things that God says is true, God says it speaks life into your life. And I encourage you to believe God's word is true. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is name it and claim it and prosperity gospel. And I know there's been a few Billy Jack wagons out there that have preached incorrect doctrine. I know that. But don't let that mess you up from the truth of God's word. Don't let that mess you up from the fact that you feel like all oh, I've got is a stump left. It used to be a beautiful tree, and all you talk about is a beautiful tree. God said, stop talking about the tree and start talking about the stump. Start giving honor to what's left. And God's going to bless you in a huge way. Bless your kids. Bless your marriage. Bless your finances. Bless your health in a huge way. Let me show you in God's Word several instances of this taking place. I mean, I don't even have time to tell you all, but I just want to give you one real quick that's free of charge. And just look at the life of Noah. God didn't focus on what was lost. He focused on the eight that was left. Quit telling stories about what was lost. If you want to put this in points because you're a note taker and note takers are leaders, I would encourage you to just write this first point down. What was lost was painful, but what's left is powerful. If you believe that, say Amen. I don't know, the, you may be here and your marriage is on the rocks. Can I tell you, your marriage is enough for God to send his power and bring revival like never before in it. Bind it up. Spend some money. This is a great picture of what marriage is all about. Put this around, if you will, the remaining of your marriage. And spend some money is what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Don't be a tightwad. Go spend some money. You need to go buy some at H&M too. Go get something. Look better. Put some tender grass around. In other words, grow a goatee if you can. Shave it if she don't like it. Get serious about, you know, doing something in your marriage. Invest in your marriage. Put a stake down is what I'm saying. It says, today is the day my marriage is going to change forever. My kids, I'm believing, listen, their history is not their destiny. I'm watching God do great things in and through them like never before. And in my finances and in my health and in my ministry, you're like, oh, I used to serve. I used to go on trips. I used to help in the students. I would be a part of Access, blah, blah, blah. Get done with all of what you've lost. Be ready in what God's left. Job is a perfect example of this. Job lost his whole family, lost 10 kids, lost his wealth. His wealth, uh, if you just look at it in a scholarly fashion, is almost immeasurable. He lost everything. 
He looked and he said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't focus on what was lost. He focused on what was left. And in doing so, it says this in Job chapter 42 and verse number 10. It says this. It says, then he prayed for his friends. Let me, can I just tell you this real quick? If you'll stop focusing on your story continually about what you've lost and start focusing on who's in your life and who's left, God promises to prosper and bless your situation in Jesus' name. It says, then after Job had prayed, 42.10 of Job, after he prayed for his three friends, I, I'm saying this too, if you want God to bless your life, get three friends to church every time you show up at church. Pray for three friends' lives to be saved. God says this, it says, Then the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much. Put iron, put bronze, put landscape around what is left. Make it a marker and say, God, show up in our midst and we're looking for twice as much blessing in every area of our life. If you believe that, say amen. Listen, it starts with your mouth. Confession happens with your mouth. You can't even be saved unless it happens with your mouth. Let me ask you again. Is God the God of what's left? If you believe it, say amen. amen. Declare it. Speak it. Allow God to use this in such a huge way because what was left produced more than he had before. Point number two is this. Power is found in what remains. There is power in what remains. The story of Gideon 32,000 against 350,000. God then told him, anyone who fears, anyone who's not ready to go in battle, uh, just ask him to leave. 22,000 left. Those, are, those odds are getting pretty, pretty short, pretty slim. Then he says this, I want to take them all down to the river. And the ones that get on their hands and knees, ask them to leave when they drink. And those that drink with their hand, ask them to stay. Only 300 stayed. Of course, I don't think I'd keep anybody that's on their hands and knees with their face in the water drinking it either. But either way, that's, that's my personal issues. I just know he has 300 left. And with those 300 left, Gideon's like, God, how? And he says this, Judges verse, uh, 7 of chapter 7, by these that remained. It's what's left that God is going to give you the victory in. Well, we used to have a bigger this. We used to have a better that. We used to have, listen, it's not what you've lost. It's what's left, and God wants to use it in a huge way. You're like, we're fighting an uphill battle. That's when God shows up. If you can do it on your own, you will do it in your flesh. But if you can do it by the resurrection power of God and his Holy Spirit, I can tell you 350,000 is nothing for 300 in the name of Jesus Christ. It's what remains. What remains in your marriage? What remains in your situation? What remains in your finances? I, I would take the $100 you had left in that entrepreneurial vision. I'd take it out. I'd bind it up. I'd put some grass around it. And I, in faith, would say, Lord Jesus, I'm believing you to pour dew and heaven's anointing on the future vision of what you've called me to. Believe God for it. Believe God for it, and don't worry about what you've lost. Number three is this, doubt is overcome when you understand with your head. Most of us will not step out in faith because you're worried about what other people think, and, and you're worried about the issues of doubt you're battling with. Can I just tell you something? Most people, you know what they're thinking? I wonder if you will, and if you will, they will. 
And, and the scripture says this, don't in any way fear what man decides. One translation says it's a snare. It literally means this, it's a hook in the nose. What other people think literally hooks your nose and you're drugged by culture, you're drugged by the ideas of the day, you're drugged by whatever and whoever you're listening to. I'm just saying this, be confident in the word of God and it, just, it starts in your head. Samson is a perfect example of that. Samson had all of God's power. Samson had unbelievable strength. The scripture says that people asked and wanted to know, Delilah especially, what the source of his strength was. That's why I believe he was more like an average guy. An average guy similar to Jake who didn't keep his commitments to go to the gym. I believe it's somebody who who didn't have a six-pack, didn't have biceps, he wasn't jacked up, because then they would have said his strength is found in his he-man-ness. And he was a he-man, but he had a she-problem, did he not? I mean, big time. I mean, anybody let you get drunk every night and then wake up tied up in rope? I, mean, I just tell you, that's bad date night. Can I just throw that out there? Like, well, hello. You know, and then the next, it's like new grass. And I don't know where you get grass that big. Colorado, I guess. I don't know. You get to He got some big old grass. Tied him up in it. Remember that? This is in the Bible. You saw it on the flannel graph if you're 40 or older in VBS, okay? Nod your head if you had a Kool-Aid lip. At least nod your head to that, yes. And the cheap cookies the church got because they were too tight to get real brand name cookies, yes. Nod your head. I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, you remember it was grass, and then what did he say? He says, oh, if you'll put my hair up in seven buns. What? I mean, a man bun is weird enough as it is. Seven man buns? Is that correct English? That's terrible. He wakes up with seven buns, and he gets up, and he says, I'll whoop everybody like I did before. And then he says this. He says, well, you, you cut my hair. And then he wakes up. And here's the tragedy. In Judges 16, verses 14 through 20, he says, oh, I'll just wake up, and I'll whip him like I have every other time. But he did not know the Spirit of the Lord had left him. And then they take hot pokers and gouge his eyes out. But let me just tell you something. He was blind way before he lost his physical eyes. And that's what doubt and discouragement will do. That's why you've got to jump on, just like Samson did, to what remains. You know, they took everything, but they didn't take his follicles. And his hair grew back. Can I tell you something? All he had left was follicles, and God used it. When everybody else thought he was done, he was led out by a small child to be humiliated in front of the battle, those that he battled, the Philistines. And he just said, God, one more time, please, with what remains, let me defeat the enemy. I wish some of you would say that today. I wish some of you wouldn't give up on your marriage, your kids, your future, your dreams. Because it starts in the mind. It starts with your head. The scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23. So powerful. The good news translates it this way. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. The, the reason many of you aren't going to act on it is because you don't think it's true. You don't think it's true. Or you would act on it. you say, God, I believe that you will bring heaven's due on what remains in my life. Samson believed it, stood there, and defeated more than any time other in his ministry. It's, it's so imperative that you do the same. Don't just call yourself a Christ follower. Walk in it. Don't operate by feeling. 
You will never feel your way into an action. But I'll tell you this, you can't act your way into feeling what God wants to do in your life. But it takes a step of faith. It takes you being willing to do what God says. I want to give you another point. Point number four is this. Use your ashes for praise. If all you have left is ashes, all Moses had left was ashes. He took those ashes in Exodus chapter 9 and verse number 8 and he throws them to heaven. And he says, God, I will trust you. I will believe that you're going to turn these ashes into something beautiful. And he gave God glory. Ashes are what's left from a fire, left from a trial, left from a difficulty. I, I, I just say this, take what's left and throw it upward. God's language is up. Look up. Build up. Encourage one another up. I want to encourage you to take whatever's left and watch God bless it in a huge way. Let me tell you this too. What's left always leads to victory. Point number five, what's left always leads to victory. David comes back from battle, comes to Ziklag. His family is taken from him. His wives, kids, all of the battle, uh, the warriors, wives, kids, they're all taken from him. There's nothing. They've taken all, plundered everything. David and his warriors, the scripture says, that they in 1 Samuel chapter 30 wept. They just stood there and wept. And when they were done weeping, David said to a few of his leaders and a few of his warriors, he said, let's go chase down the raiders the people that raided our community, that took our wives and took our kids. And they looked at him and they said, how? How do we know where they've gone? How do we know what the Amalekites are doing and what took place? He goes, is anybody going to go with me? Because I'm going. I'm going to take what's left and we're going to win the battle. So David leaves with 600 fighting men. Again, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, I encourage you to read it in your personal worship. And he takes off and they come to this, um, this brook that's rushing. And he looks back and 200 men stayed because they were afraid to cross the brook. And David continued on. And just as he came across the brook, he ran up and found this young man, this Egyptian slave. And he was like, uh, he actually ended up feeding him and giving him some water. And, and he's like, who are you? And he goes, well... Actually, uh, three days ago, I got really sick, and I was sick during the battle. And my leader said, I'm just going to leave you here because you're worthless and we can't wait for you. And I, I, I just got left. My battle, uh, for, at the battle, my leader was the king of the Amalekites. And David started looking at him. He goes, can you take me to where your leader was headed? He goes, sure I can. He took what was left of the battle... <laughs> And God used it, poured out his anointing, and they found the enemy and they defeated the enemy. And they, the scripture says they got everything back that was stolen from them. God just waiting on you to cross the brook. God just waiting on you to believe his word that maybe you're going to come across the key that's going to lead you to where you can experience victory. Why'd you quit? Why'd you give up? Why'd you choose another way? Why'd you stop praying with her? Why'd you stop believing God for a man who has the same heart and passion as you? Why'd you stop 
believing God could allow you to turn your ball team upside down at your school for the cause of Christ? What happened? I just want to tell you, believe again that God is the God of what's left because he wants to use you. In closing, let me give you this last point. In closing, very simply is this. What's left will produce enough. Whatever is left, even if it's just a stump, God will use that little small of what remains to bless in a huge way. Matter of fact, you know the prophet goes and he's summoned by a lady, an older woman whose husband was faithful to ministry for years, but she had extreme debt and in her indebtedness, she goes to the prophet and says, I have nothing. My sons were sold into slavery because I had debt and I need you to do something supernatural. And if you remember in 2 Kings 4, 2, here's the question that he asked. I love this. What do you have left? What do you have left? In your house, what do you have left? You know her answer? She said, I just got a jar of oil. That's it. He said, go to your neighbor's borrow vessels and I'm going to bless you and as you know as every vessel as she continually the the jar would continue to fill up and fill up and fill up every what what's the point of the the point is this you've got to trust no matter what you you say all I've got is 10 bucks all I've got is a marriage on a on just a thread of faith all I've got is just a little bit of belief all I've got listen God says this if you will believe and then step out humble yourself tell your neighbor it wasn't God just blessed and she had a bunch of vessels there. He made her, he instructed her to step out of her house so that he could bless her in that act of faith. You've got to do the same thing. Many of you don't have to leave your house. You just need to step out of your comfort zone and tell your wife, I'm going to believe God to use our marriage to change the world. Use our kids to change the world. Use our finances to change our situation. We're going to create channels of flow like never before with what remains. And we believe you, God, that you're going to change our situation in Jesus' holy name because he is the God of what's left. Say, if you've been watching today and, and in your heart, you're going, I'm not right with God. I'm not where I need to be with God. I've drifted away. If that's you, I want you to bow your head with me and to pray a prayer. And we're going to come back to God. The prophet Hosea said, he said, take words and let us return to the Lord. And if you want to return to God, I want you to bow your head, pray this prayer from your heart to say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart, all of my life. I hold nothing back. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, my past is gone, I'm your child, I'm a part of your family, today and forever, in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, The God of What's Left in the WBF Store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. 
You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith to change your life. To share your story with us, send it to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Life gets busy, so having everything in one place is a big help. That's why we created the Walking by Faith app. Bringing the ability to watch weekly programs, read devotionals, take notes, and give to your favorite mobile device. And with the added feature of offline listening, you can now take Walking by Faith with you wherever you go. The new Walking by Faith app.